0: Boys and girls, giant time is here. That's right. We are talking Jason Goes to Hell: The Final Friday, finally on Kill
1: by Kill.
0: Well, greetings and salutations, Internet, your old pal Patrick Hamilton coming to you once again from Camp Crystal Lake, really. And this is the Kill by Kill podcast where we are dedicated to celebrating the least discussed component of any horror film, the characters. We're going to unpack all the gory details of Jason Goes to Hell the final Friday in the hopes that a wandering hitchhiker's untimely end is just the beginning of the jokes we can make about them. And as always, there is only one person I trust to help me out if I'm just trying to hitchhike from one place to the next. It's the one and only only gina radcliffe how you doing gina
2: i i'm good i, I think that for uh, this episode like the uh, like the last episode we need to change it to kill by kill after dark <laughs> this, this one's uh this was strictly for the grown-ups uh send <laughs> send, a, send the kids and grandma to bed
0: there's a kind of a, a usa quality to this movie it's it has a sheen of silk stockings <laughs> The cop show, which was like a normal cop show, only they solved sexy crimes. And by sexy crimes, I mean everyone just wore a lot of tight clothes.
2: Everybody's got those, like, stockings and garters on. Even the male characters.
0: My favorite part of silk stockings was in very early episodes of season one. They had a tendency to try to horn in the titular line of the show as an actual thing. So Rob Estes would get a phone call and put it down and go, Grab the car. Looks like we've got a silk stocking. Now... That's not a thing.
2: That's not even a
0: thing. That's not a thing. You can't make that a thing. Stop trying to make Fetch happen. It's just the name of your show. Don't try to make it like every cop knows what a silk stocking is. No. Nobody does. You just thought it was fun, and that's fine. But don't try to make it into a thing, man. That ain't happening. It's not Rob Estes' fault, though. I have a feeling that some producer thought that was genius, like they would own that. Uh, of course, Silk Stocking's also famous for being the first police office before CSI to be lit completely by neon for
1: no particular reason. <laughs> Maybe they're confusing police officer talk with diner talk because that <laughs> makes more sense as diner talk.
0: It does. It very much does. So here we are, folks. Uh, don't worry, though. We're not alone, you may have noticed. You may recognize our next uh, pair of guests from our last episode. That's right, I brought them back. It's the ones and the onlys, Jim Banks and John Brandon. How are you doing, you two?
1: Grand.
2: <laughs>
0: Now, you're going to have to do the rest of the podcast speaking over one another. So I hope that you've shared notes and really worked together on your delivery because it's, it's going to be very awful for the audience to hear unless you do it perfectly. We do Yes,
1: we do a lot, yes, of, that do a lot podcast, of that on our own podcast. <laughs>
0: Chef kiss emoji. <laughs> uh, and just to remind everyone, maybe people are behind,, uh, what is your podcast and, and what do you guys talk about over there?
3: Well, uh, we are a podcast about uh, classic RPGs, so uh, like your Final Fantasies and your Dragon Quests and whatnot, uh, we play those games and then we joke about them. What does RPG stand for?
0: Uh, Please educate me, because I just started playing video games again after a decade, because my uh, brother gave my son an Xbox, and so I fear that I'm going to have to learn all this shit now.
1: Uh, Really Pretty Guys. Oh, perfect. Actually, no, role-playing games. And oh. that's R-O-L-E, where you put yourself in the role of a protagonist. It's like the Dungeons & Dragons.
0: Oh, yes. I see. It's for losers.
1: Oh, <laughs> I, um, yes. Have no argument I, here.
2: I, I am sorry. <laughs> I, I cannot. I, Patrick does not speak for me. <laughs> uh,
0: that is not true. I am, I am joshing you uh, because I am an old man. Who does not know anything about video games And I promise you, I'm an old man Who doesn't know what's cool either uh, I also <laughs> play Dungeons and Dragons So I don't really Have a leg to stand on I was also terrible at it So there
1: They actually made a movie about your Dungeons and Dragons Experience starring Tom Hanks And it was very scary
2: That's, I, I actually have written about that On my blog It's incredibly <laughs> boring <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: I think for people who watched it at the time it seemed scary, but yes, upon rewatching it when it popped up briefly on Amazon Prime, I'm like, I remember this being more than what I'm getting.
1: I had a, <laughs> uh, a minister at our church try to talk me and my brother out of playing Dungeons and Dragons, and his example of of what could be wrong with playing a Dungeons and Dragons style game was and he was a, a South African uh, minister. Mm-hmm. He said, "Well, imagine if there was a game called Lasers and lesbians, and my what? brother and I were like, What? Wow! Yes, please. <laughs> what? Tell us. Is this a D twenty base game? Are you playing as a lesbian? Is there? Wow! Are
0: are lesbians and lasers working?" With one another or against one another? I mean, it's intriguing. Uh, That's way better than Dungeons & Dragons could ever be. He should have
1: patented it. He probably had a whole like system laid out in his head and everything, too. He had a
0: business plan. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's fantastic. You gain charisma and everyone could move in with one another very quickly. (laughs) It would be great. This is, not, this is not okay, what I'm doing here. I'm stereotyping <laughs> our, our sisters in the lesbian community, and that is not okay. <laughs> all the, all the uh,
1: lesbians you know would uh, recognize Michelle Clooney as a camper in this uh, massacre, in That's this uh, ch- uh, little segment, because she was on Queer as Folk as one of the first lesbian characters in a relationship on television.
0: Excellent. This movie really picks up. And we're talking about Jason Goes to Hell for those who uh, subscribed to the podcast and fallen asleep up until episode 44. Congratulations. <laughs> it's been a very long time. Some terrible things have happened while you've been asleep. Yeah, you, uh, uh, and not you, just on the podcast. If,
2: If you start with this episode, you'll feel about as lost as we feel watching this movie. That's right.
0: This is perfect for beginners because nothing has any consequences and nothing makes sense. She was on uh, Queer as Folk, um, and uh, I I think the whole movie sort of picks up here for a second. As if, Mm -hmm. oh, we're reminded as to what a Friday the 13th movie is all of a sudden. And so let's do a quick body count. Who's still left alive at this point (laughs) in the movie? Everyone. No one died in the last episode that we saw. (laughs) We were just told about them on television, and yet we talked about it for an hour. That's a long time. Because, listen, nothing that's going to happen here is going to be anything less than that. So you might as well buckle the fuck up because we're in it to win it. The one person that we have met that is going to continue on For this section of the movie is a guy with terrible glasses Mm -hmm. uh, who has fathered a child with one of the other characters who we, we have not met. And apparently that has gone so well that she moved to Los Angeles or New York. We don't really know where American Case File is actually filmed. What we do know about American Case File is that it has little mash asterisks. Between all the letters in American, and that's not that's not cool. That's not a great graphic. So that's yeah,
1: actually A M E we... R I C A N case files, right? Yeah. yeah okay.
0: Exactly.
2: Yeah, we should we should put out a challenge to our listeners to make up an acronym as to what could that what that could stand for. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I'd have to sit down with a pen and paper, uh, maybe even a pencil, because there'd probably be some erasing going on. People. Take up that challenge. Do it today. Uh, the person who does it the best, we will read your answer on the air sometime in the future. Uh, probably not the next episode because it's going to happen too fast. Anyways, here's what we know. John D. LeMay is in this movie. He is wearing terrible glasses. Mm-hmm. Um, he is connected to... Somehow he may or may not be a protagonist. We're not particularly sure. He's spoken three lines. What we know is his last girlfriend moved away after he impregnated her. And he's been summoned to that girl's mother's house at 11 p.m. and told, don't be late. Mm. So the first thing he does is drive along a road. With the Friday the Thirteenth music initially blasting full score until we get inside the the car, and then we get to hear something with some cowbell. How, what would you describe the music that he's listening to in this car? I know there are no lyrics,
1: mm-hmm.
3: and it's it's just sounds.
1: It makes me want to bite my lip and go. Mm, 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 mm. He's jamming to that.
3: <laughs> he, that's that's what he's doing in the car. <laughs>
0: I mean, as badly as people reacted to drumming on their their steering wheels in part five, this is almost worse. We got a white man's overbite happening. He's wearing a (laughs) letterman's jacket. What exactly did he letter in in at Crystal crystal View High? What
1: is a letterman's jacket as a Canadian? I I don't actually know.
0: (laughs) Oh, a letterman's jacket. Is basically a jacket with leather sleeves Mm -hmm. and a sort of felt-based vest component. It tells you on one sleeve your graduating year. Okay. And then when you would letter in a sport, which means you excelled in some way in that sport. So you didn't just participate. You excelled to a certain degree.
1: Is the letter like your grade at that sport?
0: No, not no. It was it was
2: a letter. It was I know in my high school it was just the the letter stood for the name of your high school.
1: Oh. Yeah, it's like uh, your school letters. But
2: but but also like in my school you could also get letters in band and, and um and the drama club. I <laughs> so,
3: so full, I definitely lettered in band in high school. <laughs> definitely did.
1: Yeah, you did.
2: <laughs> uh, I, can and I did I had
3: the worst Kind of letterman's jacket You can have Which uh, Only contained My band letters On it
2: <laughs> Which spelled out Give me a wedgie <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Now this was in the Small town of Manhattan, Kansas uh, Oh no This was wasn't This it? was
3: Miltonvale, Kansas Population oh. 400 Okay somewhere.
1: Not the big city Like Manhattan Right
3: <laughs> <laughs> Or for that matter Crystal Lake
0: Mm. True. John D. LeMay, whose character name I can't fucking remember, and who cares?
2: Did they even, they never, again, I mentioned this in the last episode, you're kind of dropped into this as if these characters have shown up before.
1: It's like... I have a- you're watching episode three of a series.
2: Yes, exactly. She She's talking to this character. Well, I need you to come. Well, who are you? Well, who's this guy? <laughs> why does he have to come here? We don't know. It's never explained.
1: Why was that sheriff so weirdly gropey?
0: Yeah, why did he have to grab her by the shoulder and the arm? When you, you don't comfort people that way. That's how you lead someone into the back of your sheriff's unit.
1: Was that her grandpa or her boyfriend?
0: Well, according to the, the other sheriff's person later, that they're, they are boning mm. to the point where she's like, I don't know. I just can't keep boning this elderly sheriff. I got to get married. <laughs> like, why? So that you can get his social security money when he dies? Which will be very soon. And we're not talking about Jason Voorhees wandering into town. Mm. He is on death's doorstep, and it, I bet you, if I looked up that actor's age, I would be like what eight years younger than him than he is in this movie. <laughs> Jesus
1: Christ! Some people age gracefully, like I'm Patrick.
0: Not one of them have you seen a picture of me? Holy <laughs> hell! I need professional help. So, Stephen. It just came up on the screen. I a closed captioning on. This character's name is Steven. Mm -hmm. He tuts his head back and forth like he's walking like an Egyptian, which I suppose is something that could be happening here. It's okay for dads who don't want to look silly, but this is. He's too young of a dad to pull this off. And he sees. Three hitchhikers and immediately thinks to himself, I have to get somewhere by 11. Why don't I pick up these three random strangers and take them to where they need to go? This is 1993. No one was picking up hitchhikers in the 90s.
1: Um, I kind of did. What? And then I found out there were prostitutes and <laughs> it was just a bad time. Wait, that, wait, wait,
2: wait, wait! Uh,
0: pause the podcast, and I don't mean people at home listening. I mean we're gonna stop talking about Jason goes to hell for a second because I need to get more information here. So you stopped for someone you thought was hitchhiking, but they were really propositioning you for sex. Yeah,
1: yeah. I she looked it looked like a young lady hitchhiking in Denver uh, when I was going to college, and I pulled my car over, and she's like. Do you party? And I said what? And she said, "Do you party? <laughs> and, I do." <laughs> uh,
2: and then I realized she
1: was a lady looking to party, which I, th- I th- either means sex or drugs or something. But I realized that was not my scene, so uh, I was like, "Oh, sorry, no." Uh, and she's like, "Oh, could you drop me off the next corner?"
0: Let's. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I got to keep this ruse up, so uh, <laughs> for me to not look like a prostitute, I really need to move to the next corner. Okay sure i don't really know how that kind of small business operates she she would know better than i so. I, Seems just, like I, I just right think
2: there. you should like you should have answered i do and just pull out a party horn out of like your <laughs> your shirt pocket and just go Ear.
0: i liked a nintendo party <laughs>
2: i like a, a pizza party yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: Uh, But, yeah, I used to pick up a lot of hitchhikers until people started telling me it was a really bad idea.
0: It's a good way to get stabbed, especially here in the United States. I don't know what it's like in Canada. I assume when you you pull over, everyone goes, oh, (laughs) let's swap loonies. And then you drive (laughs) for 100 miles out of your
3: way. Is that how Canadian economy works? They just swap (laughs) loonies with each other? Yes.
1: (laughs) But, yeah, pretty much all the hitchhikers I picked up were in the United States. So, uh, yeah, and it's usually a bad time. Like the one lady, I picked her up near Cheeseman Park in Denver. She's like, oh, thank you so much for picking me up. You know, we're right here by Cheeseman Park. That's where all the um, F word for gay men crews. Um, It was like the first thing she said after I picked her up. um, Uh, Yeah. Don't, don't, don't do the hitchhiker thing. It's, It's bad times
0: now i'm bummed out and i'm just hearing about it now but it it doesn't seem to dismay uh steven at all because he's he's picked up uh one hunk of a man and two perfectly lovely female companions and they are going to the remains of camp crystal lake Mm -hmm. and this is where. why not (laughs) yeah They've heard just just the other day that the person who whose name is spoken and a shiver goes down your spine across an entire nation. People in uh you know in Colorado, for example, or California, or Washington State, when they hear Jason Voorhees, they're like whoa, whoa what? And they're like, oh that guy's dead. Let's go to his, his where he used to kill people and camp in the open. And this fuck. this
2: is the this is the Oh yes. But this is this <laughs> is the uh this is the only thing that has bored itself out in other movies is people being thinking that it's just okay to go to this campsite even think it's kind of fun and cool to go hang out this campsite where dozens of people have been horrendously killed
1: but now they know um, it's safe because they heard on the news a week ago jason was captured and then they decided not to listen to the news at all since then (laughs) to to update on that story (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, which, they've been on the road hitchhiking this entire which time.
2: Which is, again, something that has happened in past movies, <laughs> as in part four, where uh, Tommy and Trish's mom is sitting there reading a newspaper that says, you know, 30 people murdered, you know, right at the campsite about maybe 50 yards away from where you're staying, it's just like. Well, you know, that's over there. I'm over here.
0: The other side of the lake. There's no way that mayhem and murder can touch me all the way over here. I just run around this lake every fucking
1: morning. And that that means the parents in Fire the 13th, part seven, were gaslighting their children by saying Jason was just an urban legend.
2: Oh, don't get me started on that. Do not get me started on
1: that. (laughs) They wanted their kids murdered. That is the obvious answer.
0: It does save you a lot on college costs. Exactly. Right now. Yeah. But then they have a whole funeral. That is, if you have anything left. Um, well, you bury the them. kids
1: together if they were, you know, a couple. That's right. Split for the little, cost.
2: For, for a couple weeks, you know, it's all right. Yeah, it's for a
0: couple of weeks. They're, uh, You know, they're moving in together. Aren't they dead? Yeah, in the grave. They're moving into the same grave. We're splitting the costs. It's great. It's a great system. It's a
1: Friday the 13th tradition to bury lovers together. So <laughs>
0: That's right. The way it was meant to be, so uh, they get in the car and they're gonna go to Crystal Lake. And Stephen, joshingly, almost to me, that he says, "Hey, so what you're gonna do is you're gonna go up to Crystal Lake, smoke some dope, and have some pre-marital sex, and get massacred." And it's like, God damn it! I, I hate to tell everybody, but this isn't what the Friday the Thirteenth <laughs> movies are about. <laughs> People get killed whether or not you smoke marijuana or not. People get killed whether or not they have premarital sex. Almost everyone in a Friday the thirteenth movie has had premarital sex. And this so th- that does not qualify you for death. If you're near Crystal Lake, you get killed. The thing you do near Crystal Lake is smoke dope and have sex because there's nothing else to fucking do.
2: Also, it kind of suggests that Steven has seen the other movies because mm-hmm. he seems to know an awful lot about the circumstances of the various people who have been killed at Crystal Lake. Is that something that would have been public record that, that you know, this couple had, had was having sex moments before they were killed?
0: Yeah, it's always listed in the Crystal Lake Examiner. Out out of the 13 people killed, at least 11 of them were engaging in premarital sex and smoking marijuana.
1: (laughs) And this joke is repeated word for word in the next film in the series, which is very bizarre.
0: It goes to a sort of legend making where they're commenting on people's enjoyment of Friday the 13th movies rather than the movies themselves. And it sort of makes sense because both this movie and Jason X jettison any sort of continuity. And <laughs> that's fine. You can do what you want. It's, you can't make direct links anyways because you couldn't even call them Friday the 13th movies. Because Paramount owned the name, but not the Jason character. Oh,
1: okay. That makes sense. Yes. So, So 1990s Kristen Stewart takes the joke and she's like yeah we are going to go there and have premarital sex and smoke lots of dope but we're not going to get murdered because jason's gone
2: and the, and the other girl she's just playing with her hair and staring <laughs> at him like like he's a an open hot roast beef sandwich yeah
3: and, she's being a real creep
2: yeah and she's she's just eyeing him and then it, it seems like they're in the car for about 45 seconds mm-hmm. and then she's like "Well, why don't you come hang out with us and it's like Ooh! you just got in his car.
0: Yeah. And she's obviously turned on by Letterman's jackets. That's the only explanation. Because she immediately looks... Over, and granted, everyone in this movie is poreless. They have beautiful skin. Mm-hmm. They finally figured that one out in the makeup <laughs> department. So that's great. But I... You know, everyone has different tastes. But she is thirsty for what is behind those odd coke bottle glasses
1: well she doesn't want to be the third wheel because she knows deborah and luke are gonna be having sex all night and she can only watch it for one or two hours
0: <laughs> yes but she takes this project i mean how much could she have invested in this rejection but she takes it well she gives him a peck on the cheek mm-hmm. and we see re- immediate regret Across Steven's face. <laughs> he is committed to meeting the, the mom of the girl he knocked up who left town, meeting her at 11 p.m. rather than having sex with them. Or he's like, I don't really want to be slaughtered by Jason Voorhees. The other main problem with this is they pass a Camp Crystal Lake sign. It looks nothing like any other Camp Crystal Lake sign. There are pictures of this shit. You can just <laughs> look it up. I promise you... Someone has that picture of what the original Camp Crystal Lake sign is.
2: You know, Camp you... Crystal Lake, which they have evidently failed to, like I think about this way, like the the Amityville Horror House. You it does it does not. They change the outside of the house. They change huh. the street number, so people so gawkers aren't going to come. You know, interrupt the rest of the neighborhoods. You know, quiet suburban life by looking at this house. Yet right. this campsite remains open. Remains called Crystal Lake, which you would think at some point, you know, they would change the name or just maybe, I don't know, burn the entire thing to the ground.
0: Well, they did change the name for part six and then they changed it back. And then they changed it back. Yeah, (laughs) because the experiment did not work. Jason rose from the grave via God lightning. And so they're like, well, that didn't work. So let's change the name on the on the city letterhead. (laughs) And get a different, <laughs> get a different sign out at the city limits. Have the have the state of New Jersey change all the highway signs again. This did not work out for us. Uh, they did, according to Stephen, tear down all the cabins about two years ago. Hmm. So just two movies ago, the camp was gone completely, and they had
2: except put that they two did. Except that there. they didn't though, because wasn't. When the, the lady cop at the beginning, wasn't she in yeah. the at the campground? Where what what was she what little building was she going into?
1: She was at a house
0: though. No, that was a house. Oh. Yeah. yeah, that was a cabin in in the woods. So that that was not a the way where we see the crystal lake cabins again is in Jason X during the virtual reality simulation. Right. And there, I believe. And this is me remembering back many years, they do get the crystal camp crystal lake sign, correct. They figured that one out after <laughs> years of this this franchise remaining on ice. We cut immediately to everyone half naked. oh yeah, from mm-hmm. what we assume was running in the forest because they're not wet enough <laughs> to have actually gone skinny dipping.
1: And they're too clothed to be skinny. Why would you skinny dip and then take your clothes off?
0: Right. The the <laughs> guy is wearing heart-covered boxer shorts that he has rolled up the waistband of to make them higher on his thighs. Hey, I don't know his body type. He modified his look. It's really not for me to say it's good or bad. But it is odd that... We're led to believe that the only reason you would be naked conceivably is all three of these people had sex together or they went skinny dipping or they went for a jog.
2: And, and of, course of course, they're cold because they're, the, the, summer doesn't exist in central New Jersey. Everybody's <laughs> cold all the time.
0: I've never sweated so much in my sleep as when I lived in New Jersey. and uh, yet everyone here is freezing. The girl from Queer as folk is completely naked. Mm-hmm. She's committed. The strawberry blonde who none of these people have fucking names.
1: Yeah they, it's it's Alexis and Deborah. I don't wh- which one's Alexis and which one is Deborah. <laughs> Alexis is 1990s Kristen Stewart, who is the one who takes off her shirt in the least flattering nudity i've ever seen <laughs> <laughs> and deborah is the one who's having sex with her boyfriend luke and that's okay. michelle clooney
0: where did we get the name luke from because later on he refers to his or maybe just his penis his is penis tony the Wonder Woman? yeah that's tony his penis yeah, that's that is his, his penis.
1: penis come on keep with it i the rule of thumb is
2: i, I thought he, his name was tony that's <laughs> so much worse <laughs>
0: Uh, The rule of thumb is, for naming your penis, is the name should not be longer than your penis.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The only one I've ever named was my exes, and I called it Luther Vandross. (laughs) (laughs) Because he was smooth.
2: (laughs) 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 Might want to put an explicit warning on this.
0: (laughs) Explicit warning is on every single episode. If this if you're brand new to this, yeah, we well, I don't know that every episode is as dirty, but you know, a couple episodes we talked about a woman's underwear for two solid minutes.
1: Mm-hmm. Speaking of underwear, Luke's underwear is nothing compared to Eli Roth's really nice, tidy little orange numbers that he had in the uh, Thanksgiving trailer. Yes,
0: that's true. Although he sheds them almost immediately, giving us some element of male nudity, Mm. which is a delightful change of pace for Friday the 13th. Mm -hmm. We finally got to see what someone's booty do in these movies. (laughs) After, I mean, it has literally probably been since 1980's Friday the 13th that we've seen some man-ass. So... Well, here we get it. We get some buns, huh?
1: Oh, you, this is not the only buns we get to see, too.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> buns that you may want to see. Let's put it that
1: way. <laughs> hey, 14-year-old John was, was way into that scene. So, but, but let, we'll get there.
0: We will get there. We will get there. So, in the middle of this, there's a conversation that takes place, which is, let us borrow this tent. So that we can have sex.
2: Basically, literally asking, do you mind if we fuck ten feet away from where you're sleeping? (laughs) Yeah, sure, that's okay. Yeah, I'll just be lay where I've just been shivering, like I've been sitting in a deep freezer for the past twenty minutes. Yeah, I'll just lay out here while you two get it on, just you know, just inches away from my head.
0: (laughs) It's a beautiful night, and the only thing keeping me from seeing and hearing your fucking is the translucent walls of that tent Mm -hmm. it's gonna be great well i think
1: she's because it's her tent right it's alexis's tent she set up that lantern inside the tent to give her uh what she is really turned on by a japanese shadow theater style play (laughs) of their sexing she is
0: esoteric as fuck (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, she. Oh, she, she's she's into this. I mean, you know, I think that particularly, you know, in your youth, everybody has that experience of kind of being, you know, stuck in a room or someplace in close quarters with a couple who you know just are unable to control themselves, and you're just kind of like, oh, God, oh, just kind of rolling over, putting the pillow over your head, and just, you know, just can you you finish, you finish, you finish. Oh, come on, what? Just want to sleep. <laughs> No, she's into it. She's like, all she, I, I expect her to reach out of frame and pull out a bucket of popcorn.
1: <laughs> and she gives them this look as they crawl into the uh, tent and start, like, right away. Like, there is no foreplay. <laughs> and she just, she's like, oh, you guys, you too. <laughs> <laughs> Shaking her head happily.
0: I mean, just... why, why even go inside the tent? There's a perfectly fine log right there they could have started boating on. <laughs> So she's like, ah, it's a beautiful night. You guys have the tent. I'm just going to be out here. I don't have a pillow. I'm just going to ball up my fist and stare at the the fire for a little bit. That doesn't last long because what happens immediately after you get out of the water? You got to (laughs) pee. Okay, fine. (laughs) Listen, everyone pees before they go to bed. This isn't outrageous. It just seems a little odd that she got all the way into a sleeping bag and then's like, "Ah, now I'll go to the bathroom." And there's a reason why it's odd because it happens again with a different person mere seconds from
1: this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but she's like, "Ah, all right, you guys fuck." And then she, the, the her bladder gives her a signal. She is, uh, responds. She's like, "All right, I'll get up." All go off into this dark, dark night, and finally we have a Friday the Thirteenth movie that is not where the night is not lit up like a, a UFO is landing in the distance. And she makes it. Does she even make it to P? No. Before no. No. no, yeah. Before she is confronted by our uh, Jason coroner. Who slashes her with a scalpel? Something a scalpel.
3: I think. I think we're told a scalpel, but (laughs) we—you
0: can't see what's in his fucking hand.
3: (laughs) I thought it was this. I I thought he was like slapping her with the probe that he killed his (laughs) assistant with earlier.
2: It's cut and shot in a really strange way.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. It looked like an MPAA edit where they took some gore out, but. You can never. Be oh
0: sure. yeah, the, the Why would you take Gore out of this and and the next? Deck oh is yeah, the next So one. grisly Yikes. that it tells me that that this was a, a directorial flourish. Hmm, okay. Because she hears some snapping of twigs in the background and turns around and all of a sudden he's there and it just all you see is is one quick slash of something in the guy's hand that looks like a, a number two pencil and she's got blood all over him which one was this again john that was oh
1: alexis, that was alexis, right? alexis yeah
0: okay our ipd alexis <laughs> I, I didn't even bother to learn your name
1: we that i'm literally, not entirely convinced you had. literally I just...
3: hardly knew ye. i don't even remember another character I like speaking to her directly and using her name so
1: the only what? one who I think gets named is Debbie slash Deborah and Tony the Wonder Llama.
3: Oh, the guy's
0: Dick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, he's a major character. Yes. <laughs> Next to Creighton Duke, Tony the Wonder Llama is my favorite character in this whole movie. <laughs> I don't,
1: I don't know. He hates condoms, which seems like a bad idea for Wonder Llama. Yeah.
0: This is 1993, and uh, for did women men, not they, get
1: pregnant back then?
0: Oh no, no one got pregnant. Certainly, there was. <laughs> Not a a disease that ravaged multiple populations because of unprotected sex. Right. Nevertheless, the idea that you could get somebody pregnant at any moment in time. Folks, there's a reason condoms exist. Fucking use them, for Christ's sakes. This is terrible. This should not be happening in 1993. It sure as shit shouldn't be happening now. And if they're dying because of this... (laughs) Which is what the film alludes to when Jason Corner steps on the unused condom. You're not going to go, well, uh, now I'm going to use a condom. What if I get killed?
1: Is he a metaphor for bloodborne pathogens?
0: Oh, mm. shit. <laughs> you may have cracked this fucking nut, Brandon. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. God damn. <laughs>
1: Like, he cracks her sternum with a rail spike.
2: <laughs> that's, just, that's just sitting there on the ground, unused.
1: Just from the old railroad days.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's referred to online as a rail spike, but... It- <laughs> It looks to me like something that you would use as a as a rail in between fence. It's like a fence
3: post. Okay, that's what I thought it was too. Like he just found a random fence post and just jammed that through. Which her.
2: would which would make more sense in the woods than just a piece of a the you know, railroad track. Yeah.
3: Yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: Or something that you would tie a railroad track down to a piece of wood with. It's yeah it's a bit much. We also we get to see her go off and pee. Because again, it's a, while it may not be a, a Friday the 13th movie in name, it definitely is in purpose. So we have to watch at least two people go to the bathroom. Otherwise, you might not believe that people have to go to the bathroom in this film universe. No, no, no. We need to see all of it.
1: It re- this scene goes on a long time. I'm very surprised how long this this tent scene is, and there's no need for it unless they're padding out the length.
3: She also goes, when she uses the bathroom, she squats down for approximately two and a half seconds. Mm -hmm. It's not long enough to do anything. It's like my cat,
1: and then she scoops up the ground beneath (laughs) her and walks away
0: is this woman secretly your cat in human form (laughs) maybe um so she goes out she does retrieve a condom and then uh tony the wonder llama's owner fiddles with it for a grand total of three seconds before before declaring i hate these things (laughs) then she chucks it away
3: guys there's not even a they don't even discuss it. Mm-hmm. No.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a question. Is this something that he? How long have they been having sex? Because I think if you do that once, you you don't get to have sex. You don't you, you don't get to have sex with anyone again.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: No. Th- this is. I mean, this is a big decision that they're making, but they make it very quickly, and then they have uh, what could only be described as an indoor bowl sort of sex. Where Tony the Wonder Llama is basically spinning her vagina if from the inside. What? And she's trying to stay on it for longer than eight seconds. This <laughs> sex sequence lasts a very long time. I asked people on Twitter, which was the most egregious tent sex scene of the 90s, between this and the 1996 werewolf movie, Bad Moon. <laughs> and overwhelmingly, three to one, People chose Jason Goes to Hell as the most egregious uh, (laughs) tent sexing. It goes on and on and on.
2: Yeah, they're they're not caring about how much noise they're making or if their friend can hear or see them. So I'm kind of thinking there's a weird little kink thing going on (laughs) with this trio of friends that, you know, oh, well, we're going to go over here, wink. You're just going to be over there (laughs) sleeping. You're not going to hear a thing. Wink, wink.
0: (laughs) It seems like an open siren call
2: for her to
0: join them. Mm
3: -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm, Definitely. Like, like, we're going to leave the door to the tent open. Are you sure it's
2: awfully cold out there? Yeah,
0: you you know, is it all right? Because (laughs) there's plenty of room over here on (laughs) Tony the Wonder Llama. (laughs) And she gets killed in awesome fashion (sighs) by... An effect sequence that really only KNB effects group can possibly do. And it is the first fully gory kill in a really long time.
3: It Um, was startlingly gory because like uh, most of the kills up to this point, the camera cuts away or it just happens off screen. So for them to go full bore with something like this, I was I mean, it was jarring. It it kind of comes out of nowhere. And here's the other nice
0: flashback is that you see it a couple different ways. You you see it come it go through her body. You see it come out the other side, and then the split up and blood sprays everywhere. Uh it's also now Gene, I'm gonna turn to you for confirmation. Do we have our first get bunked situation in a while?
2: That is because it is a it is the first get bunked in a while. She is killed
0: through another object. as thin as that tent is, it still qualifies as another object. Yeah. I'm suddenly in Jason Goes to Hill's camp. This has risen several steps above the other movies simply because we have a get bunked out of nowhere. I mean, it got good fast.
2: And then it doesn't then it doesn't get good ever yeah again for the rest of the movie That's right.
0: <laughs> because we don't really know how tony the wonder llama dies unless he dies via bloodborne disease later on in life mm. <laughs> uh, we we only know that he screams bloody murder because one is happening on his dick and then we cut away and jason corner is walking away uh the internet seems to believe that he dies by head crushing
1: right and a- as uh, coroner Phil is walking away he because uh, like, he's shuffling to show that he's like a man beast thing, but it looks like he he trips over that uh sleeping bag on the way out.
3: <laughs> yes, <it is. laughs> Yeah, he, yeah. He,
2: yeah, it's it's kind of strange how, like I said, he Jason is possessing this body and he's acting like he forgot how a body works. <laughs> when, but I mean, he's not been dismembered for that long, and he was getting around you know, okay, albeit a little breathlessly in the in the in the past movie. But he's like, oh, I don't know how legs work, and he's just kind of doing doing this weird little shuffle.
0: I think that's supposed to. Uh signal us that this body may be coming to an end, that Jason's ability to hold on to it may be tenuous, and therefore he needs to get to his, don't quote me on this, final destination (laughs) or another body. Right. And Uh, That is when we cut to our diner again. We get to see Diana feeding a stray dog. And what we can only assume means uh, some sort of grooming mission to bring in stray dogs to kill them for for Jason Burgers. Mm -hmm. Or she's just kind. Uh, Lisa, <laughs> there's only two explanations for it we see her gather ice with a metal sheet pan that's usually a bucket job mm-hmm. but okay and then she is startled by deputy josh deputy josh is a, a name that would give you the impression that josh is a young fellow he is
1: not he looks he, like dennis farina's older brother <laughs> <laughs> a little thinner
0: <laughs> yeah, well, th- he's the thinner farina mm-hmm. where, yeah, whereas little brother got the sort of stocky uh, DNA mix. He has the sort of I wouldn't call it lithe, but I will call it longer version of that uh, cocktail. And uh, we have this conversation between the two of them where he is desperate to convince Diana. That it's okay that uh, Sheriff boyfriend is serious about their relationship. It's kind of like where the fuck did
2: this come from?
0: And,
1: and that's Sheriff Grandpa, I'm assuming.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Again, we're, we're we're back to the whole. Uh, yeah, we we're coming in on episode three of a, of a yeah. TV show.
0: There's a whole lot of this movie unfilmed or sitting on an editing room floor. I'm not. I'm gonna guess unfilmed, but they're like, ah, people will pick it up in context. Because I'm like, I guess. It's very in media res what is happening here because we are not privy to any of their relationship difficulties other than the fact that Diana has told Sheriff Grandpa, I can fight my own battles. And by that, she can insult the guy who just asked her, uh, what's your price? Uh, you can suck my dick after Sheriff Grandpa does.
1: <laughs> no, he he says to Sheriff Grandpa, uh, why don't you suck my dick after your girlfriend does?
3: Oh, blow me, chief, right after your girlfriend gets through. (laughs) And then I wrote the word gross.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. There's no
0: ungross portion of that conversation that exists, (laughs) but it also means that uh, Duke is under the impression that he can get two blowjobs right after the other like this. And, and he's also... A, what is his refractory period like? Because that is impressive. But also, this might be all talk.
1: And is this the first male, black, bisexual lead character in a horror film? That's awesome. I'm totally... He's f- He's awesome. He's great. He's great. Yeah.
0: He's fantastic. There's nothing about him at all that's problematic or weird or wrong. <laughs> it's, it's all great.
1: Now, Now, Josh, on the other hand, he's very touchy with with Diana. Yeah,
0: everyone wants to mm-hmm. grab that woman's arm. And everyone <laughs> wants a piece of it. They gotta get on that wing, baby.
1: She gives them a playful punch back. Which yes. maybe they have like a you know older sister, little brother or little sister, older brother kind of relationship going on. Yeah. And he is giving her relationship advice and this the scene just takes a ninety degree turn after this. <laughs> oh
0: yes because- she heads into the diner to finish up whatever the fuck she needed ice for. Right. And immediately a car pulls into the parking lot and we meet a woman. Edna. Edna. Edna yeah. Who is dressed like half of a bickering couple.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's another, another John Waters character. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. She's she has curlers on and the sort of netted scarf over it to mm-hmm. help it set.
1: But she's also got like really skimpy tights on, these pink and white tights.
0: Yeah, this was her outfit to go bowling with her husband. Mm. That's right. She's having again, we're picking this up via context mm-hmm. We're all, we all we know is what they're giving us. She's having an affair with Deputy Josh mm-hmm. on her husband, but this is after she goes bowling with her husband.
1: And what's her husband's name? Josh. Roy. Roy. Uh-oh. Think about that, Patrick and Gina. But Roy
0: wouldn't Okay, but Roy wouldn't still be alive. Unless.
2: They, they they choose from a very limited pool of names in these movies. <laughs> yeah. And there's so, yeah, there's
1: uh, <laughs> yeah, there's been about eighteen Tinas. Yeah, there's been eighteen Tinas.
2: There's been you know a couple of Robs. You know two Ednas, which which <laughs> you know you one Edna's more than enough.
1: I I also oh. note that Edna, while having this whole Lucy Arnaz thing on the top, she's also driving a very 1980s car, a Chevette. Which uh, you know sort of indicates your economic status because that's not a car you want to be driving in the '90s. That is a yeah. piece of garbage. <laughs> and in New Jersey, that thing would have ru- you know rusted away by mid '90s.
0: Listen, she doesn't have the sort of needs that are fulfilled by new cars. Mm-hmm. Her need is for hot Deputy Josh loving, mm-hmm. and that means meeting him. For their private rendezvous in a public parking lot. These two want to be caught. Mm-hmm. There's no fucking yeah. way that they're trying to keep this on the and down here, and low. And here, we've got, a
2: here we've got more kink. another More exhibitionists like, like the, uh, the couple in the last scene.
0: Everyone wants to have sex in public in this movie.
1: <laughs> at least Every- the timeline works because they have until 1030. And we know that Diana and Steven are meeting up at 11.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Is that the only reason this scene exists? So <laughs> give us a timeline. Like they couldn't flash across a clock. They're like, no, 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 no. no let's introduce two entirely new characters into this. Ha- have them have conversations which make no sense and matter not at all to the, the the overall plot of the movie. This will be better to help establish what time it is. Right. Perfect.
1: And also, the, the this opens the shot opens with a POV shot from spoiler alert the coroner who was in <laughs> crystal lake the last scene and we know he's walking because that's been established so yes. but it was a, it was at least 15 miles from wherever steven was when he picked up the hitchhikers so how did he get there so fast
0: he power walks
1: right but we, we don't he
0: know powered, he that power he power in. lurches
2: <laughs>
0: does <laughs> yeah. that mean
1: the, the campers were going to bed at like nine
0: well yeah i mean skinny dipping takes a lot out of a person and plus they wanted to give themselves plenty of fuck time into the evening (laughs) especially if you're going to invite a third person in into the the tent or at least try to lure them into that situation
1: right okay okay so the timeline's making sense here
0: tony the wonder llama doesn't want your your rigid schedules he wants you know time to breathe he doesn't have creighton duke's refractory (laughs) Uh, Bounce back time.
1: (laughs) Now I do, I admire the the strange minimalism they have of establishing uh, the relationship between Josh and Edna in about four seconds. And they get Mm -hmm. that dialogue crammed in there.
3: I was really confused do. as hell as to what was going on here. I turn Josh, on the subtitles. Edna Diane dynamic. Uh, it took it took me a couple of times watching this scene to fully understand what was going on. By the way, was is anybody else? Does anybody else find a middle aged man named Josh disorienting? Because <laughs> like yeah, that's the name of like a fifteen year old kid. It's like a, that's it's not like, a, like it's, a that's not a forty five year old man's name.
2: That's like a fifty year old woman named Tiffany. I was yeah. assuming
1: that the in the previous scene you saw another deputy. Who looked like a teenager, uh, and I assume that was Josh, but that is not Josh. I think that's Ryan.
2: I thought you were going to say his name was like Harold or something like that. Just just a juxtapose the old man with a young man's name and vice versa.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: There's another thing that Deputy Josh does, which is give Diana a sweater to put on because it's cold. (laughs) Of course, it's cold. Has that at the ready? Just he's lurking in the shadows with a cardigan to swipe around somebody at the moment's notice that they feel a chill.
2: It's a it's it's a move he has. He has just (laughs) a bunch of folded old navy cardigans stuck in the back of his trunk of his squad car, and just whips them out when he sees a woman shiver. It's it's gentlemanly, Patrick.
1: Mm -hmm. Gina, yes. Have you seen a woman wear a headscarf since? I mean, when you were little, like, did you ever see women wearing headscarves?
2: I have seen photographs of my grandmother and my mother in circa 1963 mm-hmm. with headscarves. Not in my lifetime that I can recall. No.
1: And I thought they were going for this old timey thing with like, you know, the diner and this lady looking like Lucy Arnaz. But no, because she's driving a Chevette, which puts it in a very specific period of time.
2: Well, this is, the, mm-hmm. this is part of the. This is part of the the feeling that this is taking place in a sort of alternate universe, <laughs> where where there's you know how like in um, it follows it's a little disorienting that you don't know when exactly it's supposed to take place. Where it could be kind of early '90s, but she's got that weird like uh, like a uh, Kindle, See, the yeah, she's got that seashell like thing but, but the, car, the, of. the the cars are kind of old looking the the, the, the decor in the houses is kind of 70s-ish and it's all very disorienting here it just seems like they're trying something and then kind of gave it up about halfway
0: <laughs> the whole idea of introducing these people and that deputy josh does not see coroner jason come out of the bushes, <laughs> rampaging towards his girlfriend. I mean, this is a guy who was whipping out cardigans mere moments before. And he's very slow on the draw here as, her, as his girlfriend gets her neck crushed by Coroner Jason and then cut to... Oh, God. <laughs> yes. Jesus. yes, Yes. Yes. Cut,
2: cut to saxophone
1: music. <laughs> Establishing shot of Voorhees Mansion?
0: For his manner? What? When? If? What is going on? they have like a Scooby Doo manse just on the edge of town, and no one has brought this up up until this moment?
1: Jim, he said manse. That is a word we've talked about never hearing before in our podcast, the Square Roots no. Podcast. Oh
0: God. I mean, this fucking place is huge. It does not belie uh, a family where the mom was a cook at a summer camp that she then actively tried to make sure never reopened.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Where where did they get this kind of swamp mansion money? Also, where the fuck did he get this S&M? <laughs> where did he get the Bands of Satorak? That he is hooked up, Deputy Josh, to.
2: I mean, let, let's establish for people who have not seen this movie: <laughs> this man, Deputy Josh, is stripped down and just trussed to this table. He looks like he—I swear to God—he looks like he's oiled down. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not trying to yuck anyone's yum here. We're we're mm-hmm. we're all into 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 our weird shit. Oh I mean, yes, you know, but. This is just so, just left turn and out of nowhere. And then he shaves him.
3: <laughs> not, like, what thinking, not what
2: you're thinking. Not what you're thinking with someone, you know, you know, stripped down and tied to a table. He shaves his face.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Because even though Jason started out this movie looking like a rotting cantaloupe. Now he suddenly takes some care in, in the appearance of the body he's about to take care of. It's like, well, I'm not... Look at you, you've got, like, you know, five o'clock shadow. I'm going to shave you down before I jump into your body.
1: Why does he have to be naked?
2: Why does he have
0: to be completely naked and chained to a dining and, room table and oiled with up. his legs up like he's getting a pelvic exam? Right. You don't need to do that to shave somebody's mustache off. You've got a whole different plan for your evening. Let's talk about this practically here, just for a second. All right. Okay. First of all, he—he he, this is not improvised. This is something that I have around, and he knows how to trust somebody up in it. He's using chains, ropes, and belts. Holy fuck. If
2: this was was anybody else, it'd be kind of sexy. You know?
0: (laughs) Yes. This is sexier than anything in a Fifty Shades movie.
1: (laughs) It is sensual. It is
0: decidedly... Not particularly sexy, but it is way sexual. It's
1: intimate. It's it's that kind of. I mean, fourteen year old me latched onto this scene like nothing else. I mean, okay. Josh is not my type, but uh-huh. he was hairy and he's, you know like a, a burlyish man, and right. he is bound down and completely nude. And you yes. do see a little side bun for for those who are into slightly slightly oh, uh, yeah. thinner <laughs> <care>. <laughs> Dennis Farina types. He's in pretty good <laughs> shape.
0: He's doing well for a man his age. Yeah. Uh, you know, working on uh, on a job where you're sitting down in a car most times. You're eating at a terrible diner. Who knows how many Jason burgers he's been slabbing away. He's doing great. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's uh, great enough that he's got a married woman on the side.
1: Now, production uh, question here. Do you uh-huh. think that he actually shaved his mustache here? Because it looks pretty convincing.
3: I watched it a few times, and I don't. I don't think so. I think I it, it like I don't know why, but that shaving thing where he's ripping the blade down yeah. that lip, that is was almost too much to watch. The sound
0: design on it is disturbing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But here's the here's the thing, guys. Mm-hmm. You're the heartworm of Jason. You've been living inside this corner who has very messy eater, but he has a mustache. At no point in his journeys <laughs> from Youngstown, Ohio to Crystal Lake did he look in a mirror and go, "Well, I need to shave my mustache. <laughs> but if I'm going in somebody else's mouth, I definitely need to shave his mustache."
2: Well, he wants Why? A cl- he wants a clean workspace. It- but he didn't have a
0: clean workspace before. He had a mustache in part 2. I mean granted he lost it in the space of 36 hours he also gained a good 75 pounds of muscle Mm -hmm. between part two and part three but Jason has had a mustache in the past he's not beyond he didn't have like a magnum PI but this is the second mustache that Jason has had and he's about to get a third he's like no fucking way. I'm going to I'm gonna hook you up to a sex truss and shave you. You can do that with a guy tied in a chair. You don't have to put him in what is essentially a, an obstetrician's <laughs> setup mm-hmm. to like, shave a dude's mustache. I think I have
1: an answer for you. Sure. Okay. So let's say that Jason is nominally heterosexual. Uh, <laughs> the first transfer from heart to coroner was via eating so that's not not like anything nor you know sexual yeah. the second transfer is going to be making out there is going to be making out involved and he doesn't want it to be he, he wants to oh. reduce the homosexuality by as much as possible by removing the man hair from the face so that it's more like kissing a you know a, a womanly upper lip
0: but there's not. But there, he's not really like putting his mouth against Josh's
1: mouth. It sure looks like it, h- that shot, it. That last shot. That last shot does look like it, they yeah, are about like a mouth to smooch. Like
3: overtaking <laughs> the camera. Yeah, it's you're, but also
0: the things jettisoning out of his throat. And, and on top of it, so I mean, he's kind of letting a lot of of room to run up.
1: I don't know. It. You are you are giving me information that I did not see. I'm just assuming that they cut out the line where before kissing coroner Phil said it's smooching time and uh, they were about to just go at it.
0: So every time you watch this scene, you kind of blank out a little. bit. Also, he sh- he puts shaving cream, not just on where the mustache is. Right. He also puts it underneath his chin. Well, he does to remove does stubble. He shave his neck, too. Yeah.
1: To support my theory that he wants a smooth face.
2: I just, I just like that he's thoughtful enough to use shaving cream.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, that, it that,
2: that it would, occur, that it would occur to Jason to use shaving cream.
3: I don't think I could have made it through the rest, through this scene or the rest of the movie if he would have shaved that guy with no shaving cream. Ouch! That, that is just ooh, oh, ew! I can't, I can't do that yeah I just I, mean, I just—that fucker just, is ready with a hot
0: towel after
3: was, he was gonna,
2: I was gonna say i want to I want to see a shot of him just staggering into the bathroom and like looking through the cabinet and trying to pull out a bottle of skin bracer or something. <laughs> <laughs> It's got
0: a Kevin from Home Alone scene that we're not seeing, where he's putting on aftershave and screaming after that very rough shave.
1: I do want to note a couple of elements of production design here, too, on the mantelpiece uh, behind them, Mm -hmm. because this is a very wide shot of the inside of Voorhees Manor.
0: You've got to get all that sex harness in. Mm -hmm.
1: You've got a beautiful chandelier uh, above them. And you've got a what looks like an artist's posing doll, you know, one of the ones that is articulated and you can set into various poses, is on the one side, and then there's a broken clock on, on the other side. And So what I'm thinking is, okay, so stay with me here. Uh, Mrs. Voorhees, her son dies in a horrible accident at the camp, sues the camp, gets a big settlement, buys the mansion, decides she's gonna be an artist. She gets the artist uh, little doll, starts drawing, realizes she's not getting the fulfillment out of it that she would by murdering teenagers.
0: Uh So like like a young Adolf Hitler, when art didn't work out for them, murder was the next step.
1: Mm -hmm. She's got a good taste in decor, though. I think she could have ran with that.
2: It it makes that makes about as much sense as everything else this movie does. (laughs) So fine. I will go with that theory. Thank you, Gina. how is
0: electricity still running to this place?
2: How how does Jason know how to strap someone down to a fuck table?
0: <laughs> but he- here's the other thing. This guy cannot move. Now he's going to place his heartworm inside of this guy. And then how is he going to get up from that fucking table? Oh, yeah, that's I mean, a good I question. I didn't even think about oh, wow. that. Jesus. Wow. <laughs> I mean, he is trussed up. For a righteous fuck party. (laughs) I'm I'm assuming poppers are just off screen. (laughs) But there's no way they're getting to him because he cannot move. Because if he could have moved, he would have moved out of the way up until this point. But once Jason Worm is inside of him, how the fuck is he going to get out of there? This is... I I don't think this works. I mean, it works. It works. As far as like a, a kinky ass shit, mm-hmm. totally, it it works one
1: hundred percent.
2: It works ah. in it works in a you know getting the audience to think what in the hell is going on.
1: <laughs> it works ah. on on warping teen psychosexual development. I think.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: I think you're right. Well, listen, we may never find the answer out to it, but here's something we can find the answer to. It's time to play. Choose your own death venture. And unlike last time, <laughs> we are going to know exactly the way every way uh, the way everyone died with the, with one mere exception. That's not true. We four out of five, we know how people died. Uh, so up for bid this time, we have slashed by a scalpel. We have split in two by a fence rail, perhaps <laughs> uh, in a very gory fashion. Uh, then Death by Implication. Uh, we're told on the internet he gets his head crushed. And that's a very Jason move, but we don't see it. <laughs> um, then we have uh, Neck Broken by Car Door. And then s Heartworm Transfer. Uh, so, of the items that you have at your uh, disposal, if you had to die that way, well, which one would you choose and why, uh, John? Uh, Jim went first last time So I'm going to you Which is the way that you wish To leave this mortal coil
1: In terms of ASMR pleasure Nothing beats Being like shaved Or ha- going to a barber shop. So I would say The stimulation of having your face Lovingly shaved and then the hot towel Before you get made out with By demon tongue Is uh-huh. the way to go
0: Okay, I'm not going to say you're wrong uh I'm going to imply that you're not right. Uh Jim,
3: uh what say you? Um hmm. I kinda wanna go with John's answer, but you know what, I'm gonna go with uh uh death by implication. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, at least he he kinda I mean, you don't know how much time lapsed between when he saw his girlfriend get murdered and then when he got killed, but he kinda went out kind of doing what he loved and I kind of <laughs> like that. That's right. You would of course
0: you would then become the owner of Tony the Wonder Llama. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> which is the only way we'll be referring to you from now on in the podcast. Congratulations, <laughs> Tony the Wonder Lama. All right, Gina, uh, what do you have to say?
2: Um, similar to Jim, I would want to go out having a good time, you know, enjoying myself, so I'm going to take actually split by a rail.
0: Mm. I can dig it. I mean, listen, she's not having a bad time. That's for damn sure. <laughs> and,
2: and I imagine, you know, being, being, you know, you know, quartered by a, a, a rail you're you're probably dying pretty quickly.
0: Oh, by the time it makes its way all the way to the top, you're not aware of what's happening. You're gone. You're, you're out of it. Uh, you know what? Four different people, four different answers. I'm going with neck broken by door. Uh, Because I find uh, Chevys are deadly, (laughs) deadly cars. And uh, one took out my knee in high school. I was almost run over by one. I was in a car accident in another. I promise you, uh, if your neck gets crushed in the door of a Chevy, you are going to fucking die. And she looks great i mean yes <laughs> she's having marital problems but she's also chasing her joy and you should be allowed that in life yeah she should be more open about it uh, she shouldn't do it behind the back of her partner but you know what are you gonna do no one's perfect in this world <laughs> so there you have it uh uh john jim uh, where where can people
3: hear more from you John, why don't you take the plug this time, buddy? Okay. Well, you
1: can find us on the Square Roots podcast on iTunes and Google Play. And you can find me at, at Johnny Firebird, I think, or maybe at, no, at Johnny Barnstorm on Twitter for my, uh, my lovely views and sometimes semi-erotic pieces of video game characters. That's
0: right. Yep perfect Mm -hmm. it's great twitter entertainment i heartily endorse it all right gina uh where can people find you on the internet
2: i write about um non friday 13th related things at ginaradcliffe.com and i am on twitter at porcelain72
0: excellent do it today people do not delay hey you want to talk to us at the kill by kill podcast there's a couple easy ways to do it reach out on the twits at Kill by killpod, Instagram at Kill by Kill Podcast. We have the Facebook groups. Just type on Kill by Kill and you'll find us. Um, and if you have something longer to say, uh, email us. It would be a unique joy for someone, anyone, to email <laughs> us at this point. We've been doing this for a year and a half. No one has dared to try. Why not let it be you? Uh, I, you know, it's not like the Gmail cost me anything, but still it's there. I check it every day. Uh, kill by kill pod at com, And of course, if you could do us the wonderful fail- uh, f- failure, if you could do us the wonderful <laughs> favor of uh, rating us on itunes or wherever you get your podcast we greatly appreciate it that helps us be seen and heard by more people helps the podcast grow you're the group that's in charge of really making us the next big thing and We want it. We're thirsty for it, people. Believe me. Uh, That'll pretty much do it for this week. Don't worry. The body count will continue in just one week's time. (laughs) That's right. It's a lot of February kill by kill. Of course, it is Women in Horror Month, and that's why I've booked three men in a row. (laughs) Because I'm that good at planning. (laughs) Oh Jesus, Gina! Why do you put <laughs> up with me, it's I, Patrick? I, I
2: I just have. I was going to say, please, please keep in that Freudian slip. <laughs> <laughs> Please, if you, if you care about me, just keep that Freudian slip in there because that uh, just—that's just podcasting in a nutshell.
0: That's uh, what people tune in. To Please, s- to failure, see uh,
2: failure us on iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Listen, it we, we were doing an okay job of it up until this point, but just, you can put us over the top.
2: Just tweet us at wasteoftime at twitter.com <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, That does it for this time. The body count will continue. Until then, uh, bye-bye,
3: everybody. Bye. Au revoir. Take it easy.
0: Kill by Kills produced by We Write Good and is intended for entertainment purposes only. Friday the 13th is owned by Paramount Pictures. Jason is owned by New Line Cinema. No infringement is intended. Kill by Kill logo was designed by Josh Hollis. Visit him at joshhollis.com. The Kill by Kill theme was created exclusively for us by Revenge Body. Get the whole track and much, much more at revengebodymemphis.bandcamp.com today.